Thank you for listening to our sermon podcast. I pray this week's sermon will guide you into a deeper understanding of the greatest news in the entire world, the gospel of Jesus Christ. We value the local church at Central Baptist, so while we are thrilled that you are streaming this sermon, we want to make sure that this never replaces your commitment to the local body of believers. If you are in the Maysville area, I am personally inviting you to be a guest at one of our weekly services. Come and join us. I promise you will love it. We are a church committed to loving God, loving each other, and loving our world. So if God is using this to impact your life, please consider partnering with us in spreading the message of Jesus to everyone on the earth. I hope this message helps fix your eyes on Jesus and drives you deeper into the gospel. If you have a Bible... Go ahead and turn with me to the book of Hebrews. We're going to be in a couple of different passages. We're going to start in the book of Hebrews chapter 1. Then we're going to flip over to the book of Colossians chapter chapter 1. So just go ahead and turn to Hebrews chapter 1. We'll be looking at verses 1 through, 1 through 3. And we, we have modern communication. Now most people might have a, a smartphone, if not a a smartphone, you might have at least some type of uh, a phone that you can take along along with you. And um, interesting, sometimes I have to um, put always, actually most of the time, I keep my phone on silent because I am continuously receiving different types of, of messages and I don't want to be disturbed uh, by those messages. But oftentimes there, well not often, sometimes there are some messages that come through that I, I want to make sure that that I hear, make sure that I, I see, and not just just kind of cursory look and flip through them, and you know, silence it and move on to the next thing, but to kind of think about and to and to dwell on. Usually, every Sunday morning, around seven thirty or so in the morning, I, I receive a, a text message from my dad as he is uh, getting ready to to go into the the pulpit to preach, and uh, oftentimes it is a. Uh, uh, just a short little little message and, and a prayer that, that he has written out that he is, is praying for me as I get ready to come into to the service to, to preach God's word. And I, I look forward to those, to those messages. You know, as much problems as technology can cause us, and there's a lot of problems that technology has, there are some, some great benefits as far as, as communication. You know, with our family, we... We live in different parts of, of the country. My brother lives in Texas. My parents are in Tennessee, and, and we're here in, in Kentucky. And so getting together is very difficult. But through, through communication, through our phones, not only are we able to, 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 to talk on the phone, but a lot of times we're able to we use FaceTime to be able to, 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 to see each other. And it's now to the point that there's some nights just randomly, Riley will be like, Daddy, can we FaceTime Mama T or Papa G? And I say, sure, sure. And we pull it up and, oh, they get so excited to see their, their granddaughter and now grandson on the screen. And What's amazing about technology, and it really hit me this past, this past summer, my, my dad was in India uh, during Riley's birthday. And uh, not only is there a, a time difference, there's obviously a mileage difference as well, but he said, when it gets to her, her birthday, I want you, no matter what time it is, I want, I want you to FaceTime it. And so all the way from India, northern India, my dad was able to wish Riley a happy birthday live through, through our, our screen. And... Uh, and so 
Yes, there is a lot of bad with, with technology. Oh, that we can get so many good messages through, through our, our, our phones and other, and other devices. Communication. It's important, right? Most problems uh, lie in the fact of, of poor communication, right? But what is the greatest message that, that you have ever received? I don't know, what, think about that. What is the greatest message that, that you have, have ever received? This morning, we're going to look at not just one of the greatest messages that, that we have received, the greatest message in, in the history of mankind. See, God, he communicates with us in, 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 in many different, different ways, and, and he does so all day long. And every single day. You know, sometimes though, we can find ourselves so busy. Maybe we've silenced our, our phone so that we're not disturbed by, by God's messages. Because we have so much things going on. We, we, we don't want God to, to interrupt our, our, our life. And, and, and we see that, um, and see that in, in doing so, uh, we, can, we can try to, to, to mute God, but that does not keep him from continuing to reveal his message to us. And the purpose of that message is so that we might know him. Oh, I love the season of Christmas. I love the, the decorations. I love the music. I, I even love, well, some of the Christmas movies, uh, uh, there's so much beauty in, in Christmas. See, Christmas, it, it celebrates in, in the very best way how God chose to communicate to us. And he did so through the gift of his son, Jesus Christ. See, it's in Jesus that God communicates his miraculous message in, in a way that every single one of us can understand whether you're a little child or the most senior of, of adults. We're going to look here, turn with me to, to Hebrews chapter 1. Let's look at verses 1 and 2. Read these words. It says, Long ago, and many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. See, throughout the Bible, it is really God's just continuous action of speaking to his people. I was talking with, with somebody the other day and just about the Bible and they, they had mentioned that, you know, I've read through the New Testament numerous times and, and, I, and I love the, the stories of, of Jesus and how he interacted with those on earth, but I've never really been able to get into the Old Testament. I, I, I struggle in, in reading it and in, in understanding it and I said, I, I, I feel you, I, I understand your, your, your plight there and and I said, but what really kind of changed the way that I view the Old Testament is when I began to read it and I began to see Jesus on page after page after page. See, God 
and previously spoken in, in fragments. He, he spoke in, in, in different, different means and at, at different times, right? And many times and in many different ways he, he spoke. And, and so this includes some of the ways were through visions and through angels, through certain events and, and through people. He spoke to, to Moses through the, the burning bush, right? And he, he um, spoke to many others in different ways and at, at different times. He spoke mostly through, through the prophets. We have a whole section, a big chunk of the Old Testament is the prophets. And the prophets were God's chosen people to take his message, oftentimes a very, not a, a very difficult message to hear, to the people of, of God. But now, we see here in verse 2, in these last days, God has spoken to us by his Son. Jesus Christ. See, the, the, the contrast here between how God previously spoke and now how he has done so in these last days confirms that it, Jesus is superior to the Old Testament system. The Old Testament system was all about following the rules. But the New Testament system, the Testament of, of Jesus is about God's grace. We see that God now speaks directly to us through his son, Jesus Christ. See, Jesus is the complete and the final word of God. You know, when we get to heaven, we're not going to need the Bible. We won't have to worry about memorizing Bible verses or doing our daily Bible readings because we will be in the very presence of of whom the Bible is all about. You know, what, what would it be like, what would some of the, the implications of our lives be if God was silent? It's a question we can wrestle about. I mean, if God was silent, what would our lives be like? It's a, a question that that the people of God had to, to wrestle with as well. See, from the end of the Old Testament in the book of Malachi to John the Baptist comes in the New Testament, 400 years had passed. And God's people did not hear from, from him. You know, it's interesting about me, 400 years, we, we can't really comprehend 400 years I mean, it's, that, that, that's, it's older than our country is. We, our view of history, just, just we, we can't really grasp 400 years, but the people of, of God could. But even when we don't have any direct revelation from God, from Malachi to, to Matthew, we know that God never ceased to be personally and actively engaged in, in his creation. See, instead of, of, of leaving humanity, leaving the world without a word for him, what he did is he revealed himself in the very person of Jesus Christ. And so this is, oh, this is so key for us. If we, if we want to know God, and hopefully you want to know him, then you have to look to Jesus. And where we find Jesus is in the word of God. Look at Hebrews verse, chapter 1, verse 3. 
It says he, meaning Jesus, is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. And watching our our missions video about the the Lottie Moon offering and seeing the beautiful snow in the mountains there in in Canada. Oh, I love God's creation. Particularly the mountains. Oh, they're just so beautiful. If you go out and get hiking out, there's the freshness of the air and I feel the same way when you go to, to the beach, the ocean. It just, it just feels better. Ah, it feels like you can breathe better. And I love God's creation. But the thing is, is if we're not careful, we can begin to love his creation more than we love the creator. And the Bible calls that sin. Really, we can trace most sin Back to that very thing, when we love the things that God created over he who is the creator. And it is Jesus that is the radiance of the glory of God. He is the exact imprint of his nature. So Jesus possesses all of the same qualities, all of the same characteristics of God. He is holy. He is righteous. He is blameless. He is good. He is loving. He is just and on and on and on. That he is powerful too because he upholds the universe by the word of his power. That's Jesus. But Jesus is also the, the little baby that we saw here. He was born in the humblest of means. It was not a silent night. And he came to live the life, the perfect life we couldn't live, to die the, the sinner's death that we deserve, to make purification for our sins. But he rose from the dead on the third day, and now he sits at the right hand of the majesty on high. See, God speaks through Christ. And as God's son, Jesus revealed God finally and without equal. We understand the gospel message because of Jesus. He's far superior than everyone who came before him, far superior than everyone who has come after him. He is the creator and he is the heir of creation. He is the radiance of the divine glory and the exact expression of the nature of God the Father. Jesus is the word of God as the, uh, John writes in John chapter 1. He is the priest of God. He is the king who sits at the right hand of the Father. And he became fully human. He was tempted and he suffered to make atonement for our sins. But he was tempted, yet he was was sinless. And because of this, Jesus now allows us to approach God with confidence and mercy and grace. Flip over to Colossians chapter 1. Verses 15 through 23. Colossians 1, 15 through 23. We read these words from the Apostle Paul. It says, He, meaning Jesus, is the image of the invisible God, 
the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. And being in, uh, and he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile, to, to make right to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. And you, us, who were once alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds. He has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. If indeed you continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard, which has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven, and of which I, Paul, became a minister." Oh, man, we see that God didn't just speak through Jesus only to to increase our knowledge of him. God speaks through Jesus to transform us. This past week, I uh, went to visit a a man in in the cancer ward at at UK Hospital, Um, Asked if I could share his story, he he, he said uh, he'd be more than happy to to share uh, that I could share with you. And uh, um, his name Greg Greg is his name. His wife is, sometimes will come in, to our Sunday evening service. sits in the back usually. And I uh, met her about a year ago for the first time. She would come here. Now she's from Ohio and met him here in Maysville. And um, and, and she asked a long time when he was diagnosed with with liver cancer uh, to to pray for him. We put him on our our prayer list. And uh, she kind of uh, dropped off and came back and ended up getting married to, to Greg. But I hadn't seen her for, for a month or two. And uh, she uh, found me on, on Facebook and uh, sent me a message over the last weekend that, uh, to pray for Greg that he's got stage four liver cancer. And he's uh, in the hospital and uh, he, he was, had, had pneumonia and uh and his liver was not not, not draining properly because of, of, of the size of the tumor and for the longest time i had been trying to to go to to visit greg because uh, she told me she says you know i i don't think he's a believer uh, i don't know for sure but you know just based on you know what i've seen and how i just don't think that's the case and so i and she said well let me let me talk to him to see if he'd be willing you know to let you come over and visit and uh, repeatedly, time I kind of got, got got shut down. No, she said, "I just don't think it's a good time." It's over the weekend. I said, "I said, Brenda, would it be okay if I if I come down and, and visit with Greg?" She said, "Let me let me check with him and I'll get back to you." And she said, "Yeah." He said, "You can come." So Monday evening, I, I drove down. It was nasty. And I drove down to to UK and uh, went in, and uh, they were in the room and. And he was actually kind of excited to come, for me to come and visit him. I think he felt honored that I would drive from Maysville down to, to see him. In fact, he had told the, the nurse at the nurses, because they, they, he was taking a walk to get some fresh air. And uh, he said, I've got a minister that's coming to visit. If he, if he comes, don't, don't let him leave. Wait, tell him I'll be right back. And, 
But he's in there, and we had a, a great conversation. It was took about two hours of him asking me different questions about the Bible. It didn't take me long to realize that, that he knew quite a bit about, about the Bible, more than you might just you know, uh, normally know. He had a very uh, good knowledge of it. And I answered the questions the best I could. Some I, I wasn't able to answer. But throughout that two-hour period, I always kept pointing him back to, to Jesus. And it finally came to the, to the point, and I said, you know, I, I don't know if I'm ever going to get the opportunity to, to share the gospel with him. But we kind of had a break in there because he was, and he's very good at, at the questions. By the time I got done, he was already speaking the next question. So, I, you know, he didn't give me a, the opportunity to speak. But my, my opportunity came because I was praying the entire time that it would come. I said, Greg, I said, is there anything that is keeping you right now from giving your life to Christ? <laughs> and he looked at me and he said, he said, to be honest, I don't feel like I know enough about the Bible to be saved. <laughs> and I said, looked at him and I said, well, I said, Greg, if that is a condition of uh, of our salvation I said I'm I'm in trouble <laughs> I said I'm a pastor I said I've got a degree in theology and let me tell you brother I don't know the Bible enough there's parts that I I struggle with and I said but the message of the gospel is rich enough that we dwell on it our entire lives but it is simple enough that a child can understand it and I said, would it be okay if I share with you the main message of the Bible? And he said, okay, sure. And I did, and I, I didn't wear it this morning, but I, I bought a, a, one of those gospel bracelets that I used to wear as, as a kid that had the different beads on it. And I just began to kind of walk through the different beads and, and how they describe the sin and Jesus and the, his perfection and that he died, the bread with his blood on the cross. And, and then you get to the, there's a green bead on there. Now green kind of symbolizes our growth in, in, in Christ. Once we are saved, we, have a, we are a new creation and, and we grow in our faith. And I said, through that, through that growth, that is when, when we have the Holy Spirit dwelling inside of us. It opens our eyes to things in Scripture that we would never be able to see on our own. And I mean, it was almost, it's hard to describe what happened, but when I said those words, I mean, we've been going at it for two hours. And when I said those, it was like a light switch just flipped on. And he said, that makes so much sense as to why I haven't been understanding the Bible. And he said, I'm ready now. And it was uh, that night that he, he gave his life to Christ. And um, so I, I told him, I said, one of the other beads is, is the blue bead as far as baptism. And I said, baptism doesn't save you, but it is an important testimony to the world that you are now a new creation. And I said, we need to get you baptized. And he said, my hope, and I think it's probably yours, is that we get you out of this hospital and that we can get you back home. And that uh, I said, my church would love to celebrate you, to get you here and to, and, and, to, and to celebrate what Christ has done in your life. And he said, brother, I'd love to see that too. So be praying for Greg. Uh, he's going through 10 days of intense radiation right now to shrink that tumor. Uh, and uh, tomorrow, 
uh, that he, he has another scan to see if it has shrunk. So pray that that happens in part selfishly so that we get to you know, experience uh, another baptism here, but, but also that, that he would get to experience growth as a new creation in, in Christ. You see, that's, that's the beauty of, of the gospel. That's what Paul is, is getting at, at here, is that the primary reason that, that, that God speaks through Jesus isn't just so that we can become smarter people, that we can know the Bible better. No, if we truly know Jesus, then we will be completely changed. And we will begin to not only see Scripture in a new light, but our lives will be lived differently than ever before. See, God the Father sacrificed his firstborn and his only son on the cross to make atonement for our sins. Basically, it's a fancy word to say he paid the penalty for our sins. He died on the cross so that we might not have to die. We might not have to pay for those sins. See, it was Christ's sacrifice that transforms us because it allows us to, to have an, a whole, an entire a relationship made right with the Father. And now we have the freedom to live a life devoted to God, a life that, that doesn't build ourselves up to seek glory and fame for ourselves, but a life that seeks to bring praise and honor and glory to God the Father. See, without the birth of Christ, without the death of Christ, without the resurrection of Christ, no part of abundant life would we ever be able to enjoy. See, Christmas is, is a time that, that a lot of people just kind of reflect and, and begin searching for different things. For some people, 2019 was a horrible year for whatever, whatever reason. And you're just praying that that 2020 is going to be a better year. For others, we're just kind of searching for, for your purpose. I mean, you know, why am I, I here? You know, what am I supposed to do with my life? Is what I'm doing right now, is this all that's there? Is this it? Surely there's more to life than this. And in our, our house, I think I mentioned it last Sunday briefly, but we have, uh, we kind of modify the, the elf on a shelf routine. We have, we have Lambie. Lambie is searching for, for baby Jesus. We have the kids nativity set. And, uh, and we've done that since, pretty much since Riley's been born. And now that we have Silas, uh, we've added Blarney is Lambie's uh, sidekick. And they both are trying to, to search for Jesus. So each morning, Jess kind of puts them in a different spot. And, they, and they're still looking. And then when it gets to Christmas, they finally, Christmas morning, they find they find baby Jesus, and they're, but they're searching for Jesus. You know, in the book of, of John, Jesus, he was telling his disciples that soon he is going to be leaving this earth. And he was going to tell them what, what heaven was going to be like. He said that, that, that in heaven, there's going, to be, there's going to be mansions that are going to have many rooms in God's house, and that Jesus had to get there before they got there to go prepare that place for them. And then Thomas, one of the apostles, the disciple said, how am I going to be able to get there? And Jesus shared these, these words here. 
in John 14, chapter, six, or chapter 14, verse 6. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He said, no one comes to the Father except through me. He said, if you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. We see Philip, he said to him, Lord, show us the Father and it is enough for us. But then we, we see here, pull it up here. Jesus said to him, I have been with you so long and you still do not know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? You see, in these verses, the disciples were, were searching for Jesus. They were searching for, for God the Father. They were looking for for answers to, to the meaning of life. What was their purpose? What was to, to come? And Jesus says, the only way you're able to go and be with me in glory in the mansions, he said, is through Jesus. Because he is how God has communicated with us. Through his son. Jesus is the way. He is the only way. He is the only truth. He is the only life. The disciples had lived and walked with, with Jesus for three years and they still asked, how can we see God the Father? And Jesus like, look how long you've been with me and, and if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. How in the world can you, can you ask, show us the, the Father? See, the disciples had knowledge of Jesus that, that we probably won't be able to experience. For John says there's many things contained that, that Jesus did that, that's just not contained in Scripture, but the disciples walked day in and day out with him, and yet they were still blinded to who Jesus really was. Jesus did not come just to make us feel good, just so that we might know about him. But he came to save us from our sins. So many times we're searching. But guess what? Jesus is already here. You don't have to look any further than to his word. But in the case of Greg, some 50-something years old, he had been searching a long, long time. But he had been looking in, the song says, all the wrong places. This morning, where are you? Where are, are you? Some of us are searching. We don't know really what tomorrow is going to hold. Some of us are like, you know, I, I just don't like where I am right now. Not a, gosh, if I have to wake up another day and go through what I've gone through over this past year, I just don't know if I can, I can, I can make it. Know this, that the same God who, who loves every one of us has revealed himself to us through his son and that you can experience the fullness of life by giving your life to Christ.
It's not enough just to say that you've read the Bible or you know a lot about Him. Or maybe you've come to church a long time or you think, you know what, I've done a lot of good stuff. I'm very benevolent and, you know, I give to charity and do a lot of good stuff. That, that's not enough. No, we only find true life by surrendering ourselves to the, to the gospel of Christ. I said it's a simple message, but it's one that demands everything. Jesus came to live the perfect life that you cannot live, to die the, the sinner's death that you deserve, and he defeated death by coming back alive on the third day, and now he reigns at the right hand of his Father. So the question is, do you believe? Do you believe in that message? And are you willing to give your life to Christ, to, to surrender yourself, to live for him? The Bible says if you do that, you have assurance of your salvation. And that when time comes, either your time on earth comes or Jesus returns, that there is a room reserved for you in one of those mansions. And you will live forever. For others of us, we've we trusted in Christ. We've no there's a point in time you know when you were you were saved. But God keeps sending you messages and you feel like, well, if I keep just flipping the silent or keep swiping and hitting the clear button that you know what, maybe it you know maybe it's like he he he's not really speaking to me. As sometimes we, we, we speak to our children, we always say, you're not listening. And it wasn't really, as so the problem is, we don't have a listening problem. We're hearing. We have an obedience problem. <laughs> We're just not doing. Some of us, God is speaking to you. You're just trying to be ignorant, trying to, 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 to stay away from that message, not, and not obeying and and in doing so, you're selling yourself so short. Because the greatest place for you to be is in the will of God. Now, the most dangerous place for you to be is outside of the will of God. So which one do you seek to choose? And the good news is you don't do it alone because the Holy Spirit guides you every single step of of the way. So as we leave out of here this week and celebrate Christmas, you're going to have some time, most of us off from work, you can begin to reflect on some of these things as 2020 is coming next week. Are you going to choose to, to listen or are you choose to, to disobey? The choice is, is yours. If you would, bow your heads and, and close your eyes right now. I don't do this super often, but I just feel led by, by God to do this tonight, this morning. Now, I know there's some here that have likely not yet surrendered to the gospel. They've not yet given their life to Christ. See, the Bible says that all who come to me, I will not turn away. This morning, do you feel God, God tugging at your heart, telling you, you know what, come and, come and follow, follow me. You know, the message is, is simple. It, and really, it's easy to admit it, but it does demand a life of, of obedience. 
But if you desire to give your life to Christ, all you have to do is to call out to him. So I'm, gonna, I'm just gonna, gonna, gonna say a, a quick prayer. And, and if you seek to, to, to give your life to Christ, just say that prayer alongside of me in your heart. Now I'm here to tell you that the prayer is not gonna save you. Right? It only saves you if you, if you truly mean it. But if God is leading, take that step of faith, and I can promise you without a shadow of a doubt, oh, that you will experience life like you have never done so before. So pray this, this prayer along with me. Oh God, I know that I am a sinner. God, I know there is nothing I can do to earn your favor. But because of your love for me, you sent your son Jesus to live the perfect life I could not live, to die the sinner's death that I deserve, and to rise from the dead on the third day. God, I ask for forgiveness for my sins. And from this day forward, I trust in Jesus alone for my salvation. Amen. God is inviting you to be a part of this story He is writing throughout the ages to come. He is offering salvation to you today, which is your invitation to the rescue God offers. You can embrace the rescue of God by simply admitting your need to God, asking Him to forgive you, trusting in Jesus alone to rescue you, and following Jesus Christ, the King of your life and faith from this day forward. If you would like to give your life to Jesus, go to God in prayer and confess your need for Him and that you choose to follow Him. If you have chosen to follow Jesus, please let us know. We want to continue to pray for you and to send you some resources to help you to grow in your faith. Well, I hope you enjoyed this sermon, and I look forward to seeing you in person at one of our weekly services. Could you do me a favor? Please like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash cbcmaysville and share or comment on the things that we post because it helps others to hear about Jesus. God bless.